Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm I'm glad you spoke loudly because I about fell asleep <laughs> listening to that introduction. You sound like one of the listeners. <laughs> my my friend, my friend, he's got a knife. Mm-hmm. My friend, my friend. <laughs> yeah. The uh, I guess the um, previous generation would be careful with that axe, Eugene. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're gonna have to explain that to the younger listeners. Okay. <laughs> well, that's P- Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I've anyway, heard of them. <laughs> um, yeah, they. Yeah. They had this one album, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I think I listened to it a couple of times. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. Another week uh, with the market going up 2%. Uh, the Treasury yield curve still inverted, and we're still talking about rate hikes, inflation, and uh, what what's new? Tell me what's new. What, what, what raised your eyebrows this week? Was there anything that excited you? Um or was this a throwaway week for you? You know, it's um, it's a good question. Uh, I'm going to have to mull on that one because nothing yeah, really because no is an acceptable me, yeah no is yeah, an acceptable uh, answer. You know, I mean, we um we did get a lot of positive feedback on the I know. Uh, yeah you did on the you podcast. Did. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a team. Okay, well, since you brought it up, can I can I can I read one of the quotes from the Market Huddle YouTube comment section? <laughs> okay, the one, not the one that sounds like sixty-two. The guy sounds like he's eighty-two. Not that one. I could read those two. Um, no, there was very one that was very simple. That um, <laughs> Morris Sachs is a national treasure. Okay, that was the that was it. That was the comment. The comment is Morris Sachs is a national treasure. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I, I gotta bring that up. Funny. I gotta bring yeah. that up. Um, so yeah. yeah, well, you know, I, I, my wife tells me that every day. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> so seeing, seeing as the feedback has been so positive recently, mm-hmm. I wanted to pitch an idea for you. Okay. So for for the holidays, we have the inside baseball with old chestnut box set. <laughs> Okay, all, all 80 episodes. <laughs> uh, now you know what happens next week, Market Huddle. They're going to have the Market Huddle box set. On the merch store, I know. I know. What's the story? He uh, they he did a, um, uh, a market letter on using beer made out of toilet water or something. What was in that? His ma- in the Macro Taurus newsletter this week, of which I am a paid subscriber, and I believe you are too, and I'm sure there's uh-huh. many listeners of ours. Oh, I know, because he, he's tighter than a frog's ass. <laughs> I, try, I tried every subtle way to get a free subscription. Right, Not right. one. Right. So, I'm scro- I, I, obviously, I read, I read the, mar- the Macro Taurus newsletter, and as I'm scrolling through this week, there was a there was a clip of a of a there was a helicopter landing on auto rotation. All right, great. So I watched the helicopter clip and I continue to scroll and the pop up ad, which looks like Kevin put it there because it's got like a Bloomberg bulletin or something on it. Toilet. It says beer made from toilet water. Okay, <laughs> so it looks like an official macro tourist, like like he put it in there. Okay, which is just 
phenomenal. All right. So I'm reading the macro trends. I was like, is, is Kevin paying for a, a toilet water? Beer made from recycled toilet water wins admirers in Singapore. All right. So this is. <laughs> this is more, and then they want you to. If you click on it, it's click it, it's bumping you to Bloomberg Green. All right, so this couldn't look more legit. It's not one of these like, like really obvious pop up ads at the bottom of an article that you're reading on the New York Post. This is smack in the middle of the macro tourist beer made from recycled toilet water wins admirers in Singapore. Okay, and I. I, I, I almost clicked the link, but then I was, you know, I don't drink beer. I don't want toilet water. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that it was perfectly located in the macro tourist, which correlates with the market huddle beer review they do every week. So, I, you know, all I could think was, I, this is a great, this is a great crossover advertising advertisement. So maybe next week on the market huddle, they'll review said toilet water beer. And they'll do that thing where they say, you know, Lena, hop on. How do you like the tangerine toilet beer? And poor Lena, after she spits it out and is like, it's, it's the most repulsive thing I've ever had, but, but I'll try it again. Um, yeah. Was, I thought that was great work on the, on the part of the market huddle and the macro tourist um, the, and the toilet water beer. Having been to Singapore twice, uh, nothing would surprise me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you're talking about a, the guy least likely to be put in charge of international bond trading. <laughs> you look it up in the dictionary, and my picture is there. Didn't you commute I'm, to London? What? Didn't you commute to yeah, London? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. three years. Yeah, <laughs> three years yeah. on the Concord or whatever. Because Un unbelievable, yeah. amazing. It was crazy, but uh, that's the way the missus wanted it. So I understand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's what's forced me. Like. You know, I, I take a nap pretty much every day at like two o'clock, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and they just those years just broke me. You know, <laughs> just working, working, working. You can sleep when you get a chance. And, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, taking on a serious note because sure. this is a serious podcast with serious issues. Um, I thought, uh, subject to your okay, I might refer to some of the comments that we've received this week and absolutely try and Thank give you. them a little attention. So yes. um, as Ted Shaker had taught us, you're supposed to tease things. Yep. So we, before, so yep. before we go to commercial message, right. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about life insurance slash estate planning. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the 20 year bond. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, our friend, Bob, Cobb's uh, comment about I didn't trade gold as well as mm -hmm. I pretended to. Yes. And um, so uh, stay tuned. We got a great show for you, and right. uh, we'll be right back. Right. Great. You want some more music? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start last with the estate planning, <laughs> just because mm -hmm. that's going to get here soon enough. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. So. Uh, I forget which person wrote in. Uh, I apologize. But the question was, uh, basically, I'm an investor. I have to buy or I want to buy some long-duration treasury assets. Mm -hmm. And I see that the yield on the 20-year is higher than the yield on the 30-year um, mm -hmm. and the 10-year, meaning there's a kink in the mm -hmm. curve. And so the question was, uh, I know it's illiquid and 
so on and so forth. But as a long-term investor, should I, is that worth owning? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up some numbers. Um, so for instance, the 10-year note closed something around the 275. The 20-year closed, let's say, at a 321. So that's a, a pick 44. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Did I do that math right? 25, 46. Um, 46. And then the yield from the 20 year, a 321, drops to the 30 year yield, which is a 297. So you see you're, you're picking up on both sides. Okay. So um, there were 20 years auctioned back when I was a young bond trader and they, they weren't very popular. So they, they did away with them. And then because of the financing needs, they started issuing them again, maybe, I don't know, let's say a year ago. I've lost track of time with the COVID. And I remember calling a couple of my old colleagues saying, you know, back when I traded these things, these were, this, this thing was like whale shit. You know, the wow. deepest part of the deepest sea at mm-hmm, high tide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but you couldn't give these fucking things away. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay. And then they come and they pretty much come on the screws, you know, right, like right on the curve, Yep. I, I think. And now they've just been bleeding to death because <laughs> this is what happened in my day. So I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had some vague recollection of when we used to issue 20 years. And so... When you're in a trading room, there's a lot of, you know, vernacular or uh, terminology or colloquial Le- expressions yeah. you Lexicon, use. Yeah, yeah, Lexicon, yeah, yeah. Lexicon, yeah. Okay, good. So we've impressed everyone with our, our vocabulary. But the um, the 20 year, we used to refer to it as the Death Star. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, yeah, to, I believe you. To, to prove to you, I didn't make this up. I contacted one of my former colleagues, Mike Daly, who I worked with at Continental Bank. And I said, did we, we used to call this thing the Death Star, right? And let me see if I can find the note from him. He said, yeah, Uh, it was a 20 year auction in 1984. I remember it because I bought my condo in 1984. The day of the auction, they averaged 1180. And the stop, the high yield accepted was 12.5%. Wow, 12. There was a, a, a 70 basis point tail. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, that's we called it the Death Star. Okay. Um, so that gives you some indication. So yeah. I, it's a little clip of history, which some people yeah, may yeah. find and amusing. And they resuscitated this 20-year? Well, they, they continued. Started issuing again okay. after I'm guessing maybe a 20 year break. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it just it. I don't. I can't explain it other than it's not a 10 year and it's not a 30 year. Okay. Other than that, I you know I don't know why it matters, but nobody ever wanted them. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this could be an urban legend, but back when the LTCM guys were at Solomon. This was one of their huge trades because, you know, you're buying effectively what we call a butterfly, something mm-hmm. in the middle, yep. and you're picking up yields on both sides. Now, um, 
I'll leave this to our more sophisticated uh, listeners, but I want to say you even uh, pick up convexity in that trade. So you're picking up yield, you're picking up roll down, and I think you might even be long a hint of convexity. But uh, uh, as with everything else I tell you here, I have no idea whether I'm right or not. I'm making Anthony, have to Anthony shit will up. answer. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony will email us tonight. (laughs) Yeah, before we've had the the 500th download, Anthony will have already responded. Anthony, by the way, who I did speak to yesterday, Mm -hmm. bemoaning the fact that of his 18 cars, or however many he has, he only has one car that can fit four people. (laughs) And he filled it up, and it was over $300 to fill the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably like a 50-gallon Rolls-Royce from, like, 1964, <laughs> Silver Cloud or something. So, uh, you know, one of these little pro tips, you know, I like to throw out about, like, we can, when you can tell, like, some guy's a poser acting like he's a rich guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's – I may have made this reference, but, see, these guys that go out and they'll rent these <clears throat> huge yachts. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the oligarchs, but I'm talking yeah. about, like, the local – Goofs who I, traffic yes. around here who yes. act like they're big shots. I know who you they know. are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So what they'll do is they'll go rent one of these boats, and mm-hmm. it's expensive. Oh right? yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. But but what'll happen is they'll get on the thing, and then they'll be zooming around the Mediterranean, and then at the end of the trip they'll get the bill, and they'll be like another fifty <laughs> grand tacked on for for gasoline. Oh yeah. So you'll be at a cocktail party. And some guy will be telling you, oh, yeah, I was had this huge boat. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do this shit all the time. He goes, yeah, yeah. but I got this bill for like 50 grand for gasoline. I'm yeah. like, yeah, sure. Way to go, <laughs> champ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it escaped. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Um, there's oh. a lot going Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to mention. Um, so not only have we got the COVID. Mm-hmm. In New York, not only have we got the monkeypox, now there's like a minor outbreak of polio. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I, you know, I didn't read the article, um, and it was in Rockland County. I wonder if that's your people over there. Do you know who I'm talking about? The people that, that inhabit Crown Heights that are of a certain extreme persuasion of your tribe that are <laughs> that are reticent to 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 subscribe to modern uh whatchamacallit like uh modern medicine Science. if you will yeah. and they live they live a little bit independently if you will over in in curious joel see <laughs> I, I apologize yeah. if i've if i no, made no. that assumption too clear but when these things pop up <laughs> yeah i you know so i got a lot to say about that first of all here we go first of all um why they're my people i don't you know, I mean, I, I got born into this. It's not like I got the pick. That's number one. You're their people. No, number number two, like this has really been eating at me a little bit. You talk about like minorities, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who's a bigger fucking minority than the Jews? I mean, how, what are you talking about? Less than half of 1% of the people in the world are Jewish. But Is that right? We, it's, it's nothing. I bet. It's, yeah, you're right. I bet you're right. But But yet, but yet. Not only do we control 
the media, you blame and the for banking, everything. And, and we just ruled the world. Yep. So I know you guys got so, a bum rap, man. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, you guys you do know, a nice get... job balancing. You do a great job balancing like the oppression with like the quiet uh, ruling of the world. You know, <laughs> it's amazing. So you know, I am on that committee of seven Jews that yes. rule the world. And fortunately, even though my term expires at the end of this uh, um, Jewish year, my mm -hmm, brother mm -hmm. takes my place. So okay. I'll still That's have some, some impact. Yeah. Um, anyway, the 20 year. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if you can buy it and you're going to hold it for an extraordinarily long period of time, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And the best yep. way to buy it, uh, and this is just a generic uh, comment, is the Treasury Direct. You can go to the Treasury website and mm -hmm. you can buy it and you get it at the right price. So it's not like you call up your broker at Dewey, Cheatham and Howe and they, they mark the thing up. I mean, you mm -hmm. get them at the average of the auction. So that's a good way to do it. And, um, you know, provided... Uh, you can hold them for a long period of time, you know, that'll, that'll add up. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So the answer is, yeah. But okay. the key is the execution, right? Because yep. as the person pointed out, they're, they're sort of illiquid and uh, you want to be, you want to be a little bit careful about that. Interesting. Um, so uh, somebody had asked uh, why uh, old chestnut has uh, life insurance. I told Give, you. I knew you. I said when we you yeah, when you told yeah. me you had that big chunk. I yep. said do the whole show on it. I know you'll talk yeah. about. It. And I got people said to me that that were surprised by that. They, I told you, my friend said that's really old school, and it reminded him of his father, who's an yeah. old time accountant, hedge, you know, trader. So, you want to expand so, on that? Well, I'll I'll try. It's it's a rather. I I don't want. It's first of all, it's not complicated. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's a lot of angles to it. Okay. Meaning for instance, you know, are you single? Are you married? If you're yes. married, do you have kids? Okay. If you don't have kids, how do you want to, you know, leave your significant other mm -hmm. off if you die too soon? Okay. If you're looking to just have enough of a safety net till your kids reach a certain age. There's the, so there's all sorts of questions, right? Okay. About, yep, yep. You, and you really need to, uh, to spend some time thinking about it and, and not like 45 minutes, like think about, you know, where you are, where you want to be, what happens if your plan gets interrupted along the way. Right. Cause mm -hmm. this is, I mean, it's literally life insurance, right? It's like you're dead. So yeah. there's, you're not generating any more revenue. So right. what, what sort of mess are you leaving behind? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's just you and that's yep. it, then, you know. How much of it is protecting what you have and how much of it is? Yeah, let me, let me just start with that. How much of it is protecting what you have so that you don't get estate taxed and, and, and jammed up? when you're gone and you can't defend yourself. Well, once again, it's a, it's a bit complicated. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to take me, for instance, mm -hmm. I, I'm really a bad, a bad 
I know, I know. Example, because, you know, I, I had a lot of good luck in Wall Street. I had an ability with a good partner in life to save a bunch of money. And then I guess in spite of how much I bitch about how badly I fuck stuff up, I've managed to accumulate mm -hmm. a chunk of money. Okay. So um, for a long time, I didn't, I didn't care about life insurance. I didn't care about uh, course, estate yeah. planning and stuff like that. And uh, I figured, look, you know, my kids are going to graduate with no debt. They're going to have some money in their pocket. They're not going to have to to carry some parents who can't afford to write. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. do you need to really leave any money? And and so I was pretty much, yeah, no, it's, there'll be left and you pay the estate taxes mm -hmm. and whatever's left, you, you cut it off. And, yeah, yeah. but, um, so in, in my, uh, saga, uh, I stopped working, I think, uh, 2013, something like that. Uh, let's just say it's 2013. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think I've made any secret of, you know, when I stopped working, it, it got, I, I had a little bit of a struggle trying to like figure out, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Yep, up, 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 you know, yep. and so, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go become a bird watcher or stamp collector or whatever. I like the markets and I like learning new things. And, and so uh, I forget who it was, but, um, <clears throat> oh, it was my private wealth manager at the bulge bracket firm we were chatting and they have a guy there who specializes in estate planning mm -hmm. and and i had like nothing to do one day and the guy said oh so and so's in town would you like to meet him and i'm like uh yeah all right so i i go down to the temple of doom and uh, uh i meet the 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 wealth manager and I meet the estate guy and the guys, it's impossible not to like the guy. Interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we start chatting about like the estate planning stuff. And I had really no idea of another one of these giveaways to the rich. Like you can debate whether this is better or worse than the real estate giveaway it's just going to come down to whether you're a real estate guy or not, but yeah. there's all these freaking gimmicks that mm -hmm. are out there. Yep. And so, you know, being an accountant, having some experience with taxes, I got fascinated with, uh, you know, how you can maximize your wealth. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, once again, you know, as you pointed out, so anyone who didn't know now knows I'm Jewish and, you know, we, <laughs> We seem to have this thing with money. And so I start digging into this thing and um, it's, it, it, it's pretty interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, it's the most interesting, the it, way, the things that you can do and the loopholes and the, I don't want to use loopholes, but the, what's the, what's well, the correct terminology that you want to use? Tax avoidance. 
Yeah, okay. I didn't want to use that because I don't well, that's I don't know legal. No, yeah. tax evasion is Eva wrong. Right. No, but, but even like avoidance casts like a dispersion on like um how about like like you want to use like like something with a positive connotation like um I I'll think of something like like, like plunder <laughs> pillage no no no, no well, like I, you so, want to like you want to enhance like your 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 yeah, tax right. like whatever something yeah. you know some so, bullshit term but I want but like well, you perked up because what what was the what was his pitch? What was his pitch? You have a lot of money, and I know how to protect it for the next generation, so the U.S. doesn't government doesn't take half of it. I don't. I, I guess maybe. So you know, I, I we had our friends Turgut and Rebecca here over the weekend, and then uh, Biggie and Tina came over for dinner last night. I know you were busy, otherwise. I, I thought you looked well fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gaunt yeah. as usual. No, I. Uh, yeah, in fact, if you look on the website. I picked up a picture of this freaking eggplant dish Turgot made. Yeah. Oh my God. It's sure. like to, to die for. Yeah. So did, I say, probably, did you save me a dish? Did you at least save me a dish? <laughs> all you want, brother. Okay. All right. Good. So um, you keep throwing me off track here. That's not your job. The life insurance. I, I, thought, the, the, the I, yeah, I, I, I want to know that. I want to okay. know his spiel. Right. I want to know his spiel. So, so, um, one of the things, and the reason I mentioned Turg and Rebecca yeah. is because they were curious about the podcast, and and we were talking about a couple of different people, and I said, you know, the two easiest rules of thumb to accumulate wealth are find ways to pay as little income taxes as you can, and mm -hmm. don't get divorced. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Most people they they got no shot at either. But, right. Exactly. Uh, okay. So uh, I meet with this wealth manager, good guy, and uh, the estate guy. And we're just, just having a, you know, just having a pleasant conversation and, and um, you know, kind of talking about, and this is the more complicated part. You know, you're going to face this probably too at some point, which is, you know, you're going to have a child or two couple of children. Hopefully everyone's healthy and everyone's a nice, healthy lifestyle. One of the things that can happen is, you know, the older generation passes, has a chunk of money, and then, you know, the ne'er-do-well kids get a hold of it, you know, a year later, you know, 90% of it's gone, right? Yep. And so it really triggered way more, way more than the um, wealth maximization. And that mm -hmm. this, is, this is why I think this is so germane uh, of, a, of a conversation is because living in Greenwich and seeing the number of fucked up people and fucked up families and fucked up kids from second and third generation wealth where they get left with a lot of money and, you know, they either didn't earn it or they got a drug problem or yada, 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 yada. Totally. And so to me, the most important thing was get an understanding of what it is you're trying to achieve with your wealth. Okay. And so we, we, Cheryl and I spent a lot of time trying to understand, you know, we, we have 
three daughters and you know they got raised in Greenwich and somehow they turned out to be decent human beings that we're very proud of um, and they never kind of fell into the mommy and daddy are rich I'm going to go on walkabout right um, but you want to make sure that uh, when we're gone right that there's money to protect them in an emergency. Mm-hmm. But if people don't have a purpose, if you don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning, that's not going to be a, a, a fruitful, happy, productive life. And we didn't want, it's as silly as it sounds, we didn't want to burden our children in a way like, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. you know, worst case scenario, you know, you leave a bunch of money. One of the kids meets some con man. They get married. All of a sudden, half the money, blah, blah, blah. Totally. Blah. Okay. Yep, yep. So we, again, used uh, that concept to turn the map around, right? It's like, what do we want this to look like when we're dead? Okay. So we created a structure of you know our kids and the kids kids and yada 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 how does it mm-hmm. how does it go and then once i got that concept down that's when it became the game for me of okay how do we put as much money in there cuz now it's for me it's monopoly right mm-hmm. and not to I, I know that can sound terrible. I'm not trying to sound like a miser. It's just, it's a game. I sit Mm -hmm. down every day. I turn on the Bloomberg. What do I do? I look at the two-year note and I build my little thing out, right? And and I'm always looking. I I don't know. Guys are at my age. They go play bridge all day. I mean, fuck, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't like like doing this, right? So, uh, you know, in the meeting with the wealth manager, he gives me a couple of things. One of them uh, is is crazy. It's called uh, GRAT. Uh, G- Grantor Retained Annuity Trust. Okay, GRAT. Okay. Yep. GRAT, okay. G-R-A-T. Yeah, yeah. So he describes this. The first thing he says is, it's heads I win. Tails, I break even. I'm like, okay, I'll take yeah. all of it. I was gonna say, so <laughs> yeah. where do I sign? My, mine, right? So yeah, so we've done six grats, sex grats numbers one through six, yeah, and uh, five out of six have yielded a significant result. <laughs> wow, five and, out and, of six. And, and this is a guy that doesn't ever like stocks. Like if wow. you were a stock guy, yeah, forget it. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but not everyone can do it because you got to set up trusts and yep, plan. Okay. And, yep. and by the way, it's not expensive. Okay. It's just voluminous but you got to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know what the number is going to be, but a lot of people don't hit the estate tax number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it no longer becomes an investment question. It goes back to the, you know, do you have a little kid? 
you want some insurance to make sure if you die, they're going to get yeah, yeah. to college. So that's pretty easy in my mind. That's a term life insurance. You pay sure. it. It's cheap. You know, you get a 20 year policy. So if you get sick, you don't have to re up after 10 years and they won't give yeah. you a policy. But so anyway, with, with me, with the, um, the life insurance, I start going through this realizing that above the estate tax limit, they take like half the money. So in one of yeah. these little, little shell games for the life insurance company, you know, I bought a big life insurance policy and I put it in the trust. So if I get, I don't have to get this right. Cause I'm not yeah. selling you the, but spitting distance. Right. So the trust, gets this life insurance policy. You you have an amount of a gift you can give without being taxed on it. You, you put the money in that trust. And then every year, you make the life insurance premium payment out of the trust. And when you die, the proceeds of the life insurance are in the trust, which is outside of your estate. So there's no, there's no tax wow. on it. Beautiful. So yeah. when, I, when I did this in... 2000 and it has to be 2015 because I got two more payments and it was a 10 year plan. Right. Yeah. So I got basically six to one. So I make six, uh, 10 payments of X. And yep. then when Cheryl, the second of us dies, so it's called the second to die policy. Okay. Both people have to die. Okay. Which is inevitable. A good okay. chance of that. Yeah. But it pays off six to one. So the money comes out at six times and it's not taxed. So the whole thing stays there. And then whatever else I have, that's not in some form of trust. If it's above the, you know, the line for the the taxing authorities, they, they take, let's say half. Amazing. And, but you have all this life insurance that you can use the cash to pay the tax. So if you have a bunch of real estate investments like I do, yeah, right, it, you don't have to sell them to pay the estate tax on those properties, stuff like stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I'm doing a really poor job explaining this. I'm sorry. No, I'm uh, fascinated by it. I, I, I knew I, that you that you could talk for 45 minutes of yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, but I I'd like to think if you ask me what's the most important part about this, it's not, you know, X or Y or trust or not. It's sort of like, where are you in the food chain of your life? What sort of responsibilities do you feel like you have to others? You know, if you're 18 years old on your own, you know, don't worry about it. Right. If you're 40, got a couple of kids and you, if something bad happens, you don't want to be the, the bum they talk about that didn't leave anything aside for his family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and by the way, whatever choice you make, that's your choice. Right. Old chestnut don't care. Right. But you know, I mean, I, there's this thing that happens to older people, you know, especially guys who are going to be 62 and sound like they're 80. They, they, <laughs> They want to feel like they have a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. why, why, why do I get out of bed 
in the morning. Well, I, I got things I like to do, and I think things are fun to do. And, and being engaged, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, don't, we, we only do a, one podcast a week, even though there's several offers for multiple podcasts. But, Every week, just, yep. but this, is, this is where our loyalties remain. Okay. I look forward to it all week, but we're emailing talking about the markets and I, I, I like talking about the markets. It's, it's, it's fun. And even when I'm talking to people uh, who know less about the market than I do, either they'll say something I haven't, I didn't know, or more likely they'll ask a question which will stimulate some curiosity and, and, and to, in that example, this fellow who writes in often that seems to be a decent guy, this Bob Cobb guy, I'm sure mm-hmm. his, that's his, what they call it, gnome de plume. Yes, um, <laughs> on the internet. He, uh, he um, rapped me on the knuckles saying, you know, I you know, was talking about what a good job I did on gold. And in mm-hmm, fact, you didn't mm-hmm. think I did that good a job. And you know, it, that really resonated with me because he's, he's fucking right. I mean, I, 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 I fucked up the gold trade to an extent that you can't believe. And, and if you want to hear the whole nine yards, I mean, you want to do it after the commercials? No, do it now while you got it together. So, um, since you're getting called on the carpet for it, this is fantastic. This is way. <laughs> Yeah, I hope Cheryl doesn't listen to this Just to, to be clear, you, just just to be clear, you dragged your poor again. Adults fight and children suffer. You dragged your poor daughters into this trade. <laughs> so it's nice that we spent 40, 40 minutes talking about how you're planning for the rest of their lives, but meanwhile, in the here and now, you're sucking away their poor investment money, talking them into well, gold. Well, first, first of all, I believe it's my money. <laughs> my money meaning meaning mine and my wife's okay fair fair okay. so so uh so bob this is dedicated for you okay. okay so i'm thinking it's late summer 2019 okay and i can check because i'm on a bike ride with big ed cuz we're getting ready to go with mike and a bunch of guys to ride in france I remember. And we're somewhere up in frickin' Ridgefield, and I'm talking to Big E about the market, and I'm going, you know what? I've been looking at this gold. And one of these guys I read, the 13D guy, he's like all hopped up on gold. And I said, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, this this fucking resonates with me, right? And like he hit every fundamental thing, which made perfect sense to me. And so, you know, Big E's asking all the right questions. And, and I go and I start looking at the options. And I don't remember the price of gold per se. Let's just spit it at it and say it's 1200 an ounce. But the GLD, the thing that I like to trade, was trading like around 130 135 bucks a share. And I punch up the volatility the option volatility, and it's like 13 or 14%, which, you know, at the time when the, the observed volatility is 10%, they looked relatively expensive. Mm-hmm. But being a commodity, you know, they, 
they take on a life of their own. And and so I talked to Big E about it. I talked to, I think, Leslie about it. Uh, I'm sure I talked to EG about it. And, you know, the whole time, you know, remember telling my friend Peter, what do you know about gold, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I've not taken my own advice. Yes. But it's around this time I get this hair across my ass. Like every once in a while I, I get something that happens. Like I want to prove to myself I could do it. So the 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 great example is the Leadville. Mm-hmm. Like I got it in my mind I wanted to do this thing. And um uh and I, eventually I did it. That's sort of a more normal thing. Uh like a little abnormal thing would be like when I was trading at Greenwich and not when I was like just managing, but like literally writing tickets, I'd have like a bad run and, and I'd be like, fuck it. And I'm like, I just got up from my desk and I'd walk up Greenwich Avenue and I wouldn't come back to the office till I spent like a thousand bucks. That was like, okay. So one day I go in my closet and I look and have all these fucking clothes with the tags on them. Because <laughs> I buy these clothes, and I hang them up, and I never wear them. And um, so you would go and buy it like yourself a nice outfit, and then go back to work. And I that go buy cool. some shirts or some sh- whatever uh, pants or whatever you know, whatever. Pat- it's just Patek like Philippe. <laughs> no, that was that was more bonus time. But okay. But uh, so I walk in the closet, and I got like thirty different items of clothing that I had never worn. Okay. And I'm like, fuck this. And I said to Cheryl, because if I said it to her, I knew it would have to happen. Mm -hmm. I am not buying another article of clothing for a year. (laughs) Okay. So 11 months into the thing, (laughs) I'm down to like two pairs of underwear (laughs) because everything's fucking wearing out. Right. (laughs) Anyway, the year goes by, and then I go back. But long story short, yeah, I I just do strange things, and um, and uh, so anyway, going back to the gold, the GLD. Okay, why did I mention this? I had accomplished many things in my career trading. Okay, whether it was where I was sitting, whether it was luck whether it was skill, whatever, I don't care, doesn't matter, no one cares. It's just I ticked a lot of boxes that I had wanted to tick. And I got it in my mind, there was like this one brass ring thing that I wanted to I wanted to see if I could do, which was make a certain number, mm-hmm. a, a big number, not mm-hmm. a little number. I wanted a fucking, okay. A grand slam, I think you referred to it as. You were taking the big bat. Yeah, I know. The big bat, okay. So this, to me, looks to be like my opportunity because we just had the mania of the Bitcoin, right? It had gone all the way up, and there was like Mm -hmm. a fucking frenzy, and it had come all the way back. And so it occurred to me when people realize, like, there's all these problems – they're going to go for gold and gold is going to go up from like 2000 or 1200 to like Mm -hmm, 4,000. So I go out and I buy, it was either 1.2 
or $1.8 million worth of at the money gold calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Six months gold calls. Yep. GLD. Okay. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I think 1.2, 1.8. I, I think, um, I, I think I was up 10 times my money. Jesus Christ. When was that? <laughs> I'm not that laughing was, anymore. I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not no, 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 no. Live all, all you want because this is fucking oh, awesome. Shit. What's the well, date? When was well, that? You, you know the date. It was my fucking birthday. It was my birthday. So, yeah, Jesus so I've, I've got, I'm up all this money, but it's. I take it all it's, back. Everything I said, I take it back. <laughs> it's still, it's still not that number that I was looking for. Right? Okay. Yep. But, I know. Jesus. But everything's coming into line, right? Because all these things were thinking, you know, and uh, I'm like, fucking, it's going. It's going, it's going, it's going. And I was right, except it was going south. <laughs> it's going. So so long story short, okay, that was um, uh, August 6th, 2020. Yep. Okay. Yep. So two years earlier, I put in million X of gold options. Okay. Yep. I ran it up to some big number. And so now we're basically, that was two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason I'm trying to act like I actually haven't done that bad a job is, is because I've had this premium now for three years, okay, which was one point something to one point something. Mm-hmm. And I still, and I will tell you my exact position, I have 9,000 of the GLD 220 calls, mm-hmm. and I'm short 9,000 of the GLD 260 calls that expire in June of next year. And that's roughly about a million dollars. Okay. So I started with something around there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ran it all the way up, had the fucking, you know, tripped it total. It was the, Total oxygen deprived endorphin rush high. <laughs> but so, you know, I feel like the fact that, but by the way, by the way, if gold goes up, which right. by, by the which, way, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> if, if. But, but, but think of it like this deck, deck, deck call spread. Okay. I'll just rough numbers. It's a buck. So you can buy the 220s, you can sell the 260s, okay, yep. for a dollar. If yep. it works, you make 40. It's 40 yeah. to one. Right. It's Yeah, you got to take okay. that. Bet. So the reason that exists is because of this skew that I've been trying to manipulate over the last two years to stay alive when I had the whole thing working. Yep. But anyway, that's my... That's my that's story. Your, that's right. your defense to, to, to Bob. Um, yeah. So, so Bob, in other words, I, I if, you, that... if, if you thought I did a bad job, now you now you didn't even know what to say, right? Because <laughs> bad job doesn't describe it. 
Like what kind of idiot doesn't take the money? I, I don't, like, you know, I, I just, every that's... aspect, every aspect of this trade is like what we spent the first 20 episodes <laughs> saying not to do. Okay. So if you had never read, so let's, all right, so let's go all the way back. I'm going to start with 13 D and pin it on them. Cause you read their research. And so that was the shiny object that got you into the store. All right. That, so if that you, was if the you lore. Just, yeah, that right, was the exactly. Lore. So yeah. if you would skip that, yeah. you never would have gotten your little obsession with gold Then I'm going to blame Ed for not talking it out of you, but the, but the gold jives not with Ed, your... Ed talking out of me. <laughs> I, he, he, I dragged him along with me. <laughs> Take it back, Ed. But gold, and like you said, it fits the the way it resonated with you, is yeah. because gold is like the gloom, is the doom trade. So if, <laughs> That's if my things go bad, exactly. So the world is going to end, and everyone is going to buy gold. That is, I mean, that really jives with your theory. So yeah. you check ten boxes. Oh yeah, that's fucked up. Oh, that's getting worse. Oh, that's really worse. They're going to need it. Okay, that Bitcoin's a problem. Then and boom, uh, gold to four thousand. I can see it. Back up the truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> and then they got you on your birthday. So so now you're. <laughs> So now you so now it's 1 a.m. and you're in the champagne room with the you know the bells going off at, after midnight. And instead of leaving, instead of saying goodnight, girls, yeah. we're done here, you're gonna stay <laughs> until gonna the stay. light until the lights come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna be me and Zervos <laughs> back in the club walking out at 4 30 in the morning looking for a diner, looking for an all-night diner. I told you, you said like, and you're Mister. If you don't, if you don't like the trade, take it off. If you don't love the trade, take it off. This thing tore at you and twisted you into I, pretzels for for I've years. Done, I've, listen, you know, the the problem with my religion is we don't have confession, right? And so you do this with me instead. Well, I, I I've learned, I've taught myself that one of the greatest skills is a trader is to forgive yourself for your mistakes. Because I've made them all. And that's I've made the same ones more than once, which is, that's the worst. You remember the big losses or the big wins more? What 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 stands out more? The oh, big the, losses? The losses by far. Amazing, really. And, and there's tons of behavioral economic evidence to support that. I love yeah. that because I yeah. love when guys are like, oh, when you know, you learn from losing money, but when you lose money, forget it. Like, you know, you read these, like, whatever, even if it's on Twitter, tips to be a pro trader, which is how you learn to be a pro trader. You read Twitter and it's like, forget your losses, like go to the next day. Like it's a new day. So like, not only did you not forget it, you went up to Greenwich Ave and bought suits. Okay. And they still stick in your memory, huh? Yeah. You just, it's just psychology yep okay now interesting I, I really like using kevin muir as an example for for a lot of reasons one of them is not because i get a fucking free subscription fucking cheap 350 can't <laughs> throw on me a freaking bone um i i like what he does when he he breaks down the trades and explains them okay but he spends a lot of time talking about market sentiment. And so he's had this kind of thing the last week or so talking about how everyone's so bearish. Maybe it's time that maybe the market will turn. I, I think 
taking sentiment into account is important. But one thing I would really like him to write about and think about, because I don't think he he does this, is talk about what it feels like when you have the trade on. What's it feel like when it's doing nothing? What's it feel like when it's going the right way? What's it feel like when it's going the wrong way? So on that recent interview I, I did with him, which we posted, you know, I talked about how I ran, you know, silly movies up on the TV, not blaringly loud, not stop work and watch a movie. It's just if you got nothing to do, don't be banging five year notes back and forth because you're gonna throw some money away, right? So to me, the, the 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 neutral thing was you're either doing research or you're enjoying yourself, okay? Don't sit and fiddle around the market because there's no mm-hmm. point in it, okay? So that was that was my neutral, right? You can talk about the emotion of when things are working, right? It's like there's a phrase, you know, you can never have too much of a winner. You've heard that probably. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you unequivocally that's not true. I, I've been there and I've yeah. taken, you know, Hundred million dollar potential profits and turned them into ten millions of dollars of profits because the position was too big and the money came too fast and I didn't have the discipline and the maturity. Okay, you know, and I've panicked out of trades. It there's curve trade example. Um, There, I was working at Grinch and EG was sitting on my left, and I was convinced the curve was going to steepen and we talked about it and and we had all our ducks lined up and we put the thing on and weeks went by and it didn't fucking move a basis point. And at this point there's negative carry on the thing. And it's not a lot of negative carry, but it's just, it's just niggling at you. yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I look over at him and I said, just kick, just punch that fucking thing out. Okay. He looks at me, shakes his head. Okay. It couldn't have been a half hour. Some fat guy comes out and the thing explodes and goes on to steep in a hundred basis points over. The, and I'll tell you what, I was physically ill. Like I couldn't look sure. at him. I yeah. couldn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't have the words to apologize to this person who was a, a colleague a friend, a hardworking employee, like what did I just fucking do, right? How do you, how do you express that emotion in trading? And these are things I would love to hear a guy like Kevin write about. Uh, so, for instance, I think you're a tremendous writer. I've written, read a lot of your stuff. I think you've got a knack for it, but you've never run an institutional size position, right? Right, right. So you can't jot down your experiences. Kevin has that. And and I think, you know, for for all of these podcasts and all the stuff and all the Twitter shit, okay, I think the money, I think where you make the legitimate money is understanding what goes on between your own two ears. And for me, 
little tricks along the way. Uh, the, the best one was I stopped thinking of things in terms of dollars and started thinking of it in terms of ticks. Yeah. So one thirty second uh, on a bond price, we would call one tick. Okay. And so we'd have these trades on that you would hope to make five or six ticks. But I found at the end of the day, if I said to EG, how do we do? If he said we lost 6 million bucks, I'd be like, oh. Right, right. But if, but if he said we were down a tick and a half, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a tick and a half. And you go about your business. So it it just, yeah. you just reverse engineer the size mm-hmm. to what you thought you were going to make. And then you see what I'm saying, right? It's no, yeah. no yeah, yeah. different really than when you go into a casino and you throw the money on the table and they give you chips back. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it was dramatic, the P&L change, because you stop thinking about things in this kind of discrete concept, mm-hmm. right? And uh, for me, and this may not apply to everybody, because your psychology is individual, okay, that, that, was, a, that was a big deal. And, yeah, I'm uh, sure. I would love to to read somebody talk about that. I mean, I, I, maybe there, maybe Soros has talked about it. I I don't know. I, I I haven't read anything where anyone talks about what it's like to, you know, wake up in the morning and see his huge fucking loss or have such a huge gain. You like you had to take the money there was com- completely irrational behavior because like you had yeah. this windfall or, you know, things are, things are going great. And then out of the blue, you know, like, like the JGB thing, like everything's moving along and you wake up one morning and you're down 20 million bucks. It's like, I don't know how to explain that feeling. I, it's like nothing else. Yeah. Um, and like, what, what's your next step? Do you compensate? Like, like there's so many different, you know, like, aspects of the psychology of that happening like what brought you there what do you do when it happens and then what do you do after do you you know do you do your do you that natural instinct to compensate for that for whatever happened or to celebrate what has happened um like the human nature is like you're either the smartest guy or you say to yourself i know nothing and i've never been wronger and now it's costing me money yeah yeah or psychological role or you see what turns out to be the biggest Ponzi schemes of all time when guys typically, this is what happens. They make a mistake or they lose some money and they go to cover it up. So I think that was sort of the Nick Leeson at bearings. I suspect is what happened. There was this guy in the treasure bond market, a Japanese guy named Tosh who, you know, lost 10 grand trading. And then five years later, it, it, turned into a billion five or something that he lost trade. I mean, and then Madoff, I think, started out just trying to cover up a loss or something like that. You know, it, it's it's all sorts of things that go on. And and I, I don't know, for me, the, the real profit came when I realized it's not the trade, it's you. And how do you deal with all these pitches or waves that the market's throwing at you and um yeah that's 
Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, awesome. and I and I and I'm greatly appreciative of you talking about that gold. Um, you've been a really good sport about that for the last two years. <laughs> oh, I I have a rule, which is like I kind of say what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. We've but, noticed, but you know, if I've done something, people are full well yeah. make fun. I mean, I nobody feels. <laughs> I, I I don't want to say it's funny. I, I I'd rather have gotten it done right, but right, right. Of you course, know, I fucked course. it up. I mean, I let me ask know. you about your that private wealth manager. Okay. Yeah. Can you can you talk about how important that guy is? Because you know, if if somebody asked me, does Morris talk? I would be like, no, Morris is his own private wealth. But, but the fact that you go to somebody and you talk to somebody, can can you just talk about yes. his his function in your life? Yes. So um, I don't want to say his name or his firm, uh, I guess, uh, it's a man. Okay. Okay. Um, so what happens is generically, okay. You go to one of the big, these bigger firms. Okay. And they have a whole host of different businesses they're in. Okay. So um, depending on what your needs are, you may need a little bit of one and a little bit of another. So in my case, I think the fellow I deal with, his greatest asset to me, and I think one that he's exceptionally adroit at, is knowing his company, knowing who the expert experts are in each of the fields, and being able to access them when I need them. So when I want to talk about estate planning, the guy's spectacular. Okay. When we were working on something and I had a business, I needed help selling. Okay. He put me in touch with, with the guys there when there's some generational, you know, training, about you know for the kids or that you know they they help with that or and and you know and if you need help managing the money well then you know once again do you want to manage it he can advise you or he can introduce you to fund managers and so at these bigger places and i suppose i'll disparage black uh black rock a bit like no I'm going to guess <clears throat> even up a fund manager at one of the bigger banks is going to be better than his equivalent at, at BlackRock. I, I just, yep. is that true in every case? Certainly not. Is it true in a lot of cases? Yeah. You know why? It's because the bulge places pay more. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and so, Interesting. uh, Yeah. But uh, anyway, did that answer your question? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, I've got, I've had listeners who, um, who I've, who might have missed the first few episodes of the show that didn't list, that didn't go through all the rules that you tried to give people. Um, mm-hmm. Just conversations and passing over the course of the week about just, just simple things like, oh, you know, what do you think of the market? I think I'm ready to put some money to work. I'm like, all right, well, you know, did you listen to the show? Well, we're not here to time the market. And if, if you think mm-hmm. you can do that, like all that stuff. And then other guys who have a lot of money 
and they're going to day trade it. Okay. And they're going to try to, and they're going to, they're going to ask people for like, he would be like, Hey Morris, can you help me trade options? I have a bunch of money. I'd like to option. You're going to say no, but there's another guy out there that says, absolutely. Monday morning, nine 30, we'll get to, we'll sit down on the computer and we'll get to work. Right. And I've just, I've, I've tried to, I just said, go listen, go listen to old episodes of the show and listen to what Morris does. And if you're not talking to a private wealth manager, you're making a mistake. If you're not planning for the future, you're making a mistake. And I was, there's just a lot of priceless advice that in, from the very beginning. Well, thank that, you. It just makes, makes the life easier well, for, I think for people I, that are I, investors I, rather I, than traders. You know? I, I think, uh, you know, so I said our friends Turgut and Rebecca mm-hmm. uh, were here. And so, um, so Rebecca was kind of asking, like, how did I get to know you? And I told her about the story on the, you know, it's no fun unless someone's feelings are hurt. And But I said, how, you know, you'd be asking me questions about the markets. And we kind of decided we would give this a try, right? And that's the basic thing with all this stuff. I mean, look, I, I, I can be arrogant. I have that ability. And so I would claim there probably isn't a financial product out there that I can't come to understand as well as anybody. Okay. That's not going to help the average guy, right? Right. Yep. The, the little bits and pieces, I, I'm enamored with that turn the map around. Like that, the Nate Fick, you know, that I can't tell you to me, priceless. Dude, I see that happen cool. and people not use the term, but like in parenting things, I've, I see that used in parenting and in education where they're doing it, but they're not using the term, turn the map around. Okay. They'll be like, this is where you want to get, but like him coining that and you applying it and me applying it just, it's such yeah. a useful tool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to the psychology, I've had enough conversations in my dining room with enough people that I care about. And they're almost always about finance. I I understand that money is a difficult concept. Okay. For somebody like me that has spent his whole life, it's pretty simple. And I like it or not. I think I have a, a bit of a gift for explaining it in plain English. Right. But I can see why people struggle with it because the the jargon, the vernacular, you know, and then the emotion of, oh, this guy got rich and that guy got rich. And, and then, you know, when you're on the other side of the curtain and you realize that they're not telling the truth and you got sucked into the truth default theorem and why reading books like The Gift of Fear or uh, redacted, you know, uh, among mm-hmm, the thugs mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. these things have really given me a clear idea of looking at financial markets. And, um, well, I don't know. I'm starting to, yeah, just... I appreciate you coming on for an hour every week and, uh, for the last 80 weeks or whatever. Well, I, I think fantastic. I'm the one that owes it to you because I, I feel you. like, um, I, I feel like I'm being given a gift to be able to talk to you about this stuff. And, um, hopefully, uh, you know, let's not fuck this up. Right. Exactly. So before we get kicked offline, um, yeah, what yeah, do you we see better it? hurry. What do I, I see? Just, what? Yeah, I well, see what do you, what, death. What do you see? Gloom yeah. and gloom. Just 
Okay. This is to, this is just a dead cat bounce. This is this is a dead cat bounce. Right? So I did want to mention this. Okay. Yeah. Take so, your time. I you know, die. you know, I'm a big fan of Gabe Kell. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes, much to okay. you. Yeah, I, I I think I think they're great. So they had a webinar. So this is how much I think of these guys. I watched their webinar until I couldn't take it anymore. Not because of the information. You have these guys that are so fucking smart. The inability to get yes. the fucking ear pods linked up and get the audio <laughs> with the, uh, I mean, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so what Our I listeners have experienced that with us like a few times. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, what I gleaned from the little bits of information that you know, this, the garbled subspace echogram, yeah. um, they are as bearish as I have ever seen them. Like, yeah. frightening. Like, really? Like, I'm thinking about going and buying an old <laughs> missile site in Utah. Okay, that, that, now we're getting bearish. Okay. They, Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. All right, you know what I'm going to say? Wait for Wait until the elections come dude that is yeah. going to be an ugly ugly time in yeah. our nation it's not getting prettier um i have never seen our nation so divided um yeah i, I don't know how that comes into the market but i just see the, the nation's the nation's a mess and if you want to find the storm clouds they are on the horizon okay things are not at all peachy. I know I said, oh yeah, gas prices coming down. People are going on vacation. Everything's hunky dory. There are big problems looming that people don't pay attention to. Did you see the problem. fight? Did you see the fight that broke out in fucking Disney World? Disney World? Of course I did. Of <laughs> course. Place I refused. I refused to watch the video. I I, I saw oh, the you stills. Gotta watch it. You gotta no, watch it. No, I did gotta... not, dude. <laughs> it's it's the equivalent. Of you course. remember like six months or a year ago, a fight broke out. <laughs> in a airport waiting area and there's okay, these yeah, yeah. there's these two groups of people <laughs> yep. fighting and one of, and one of the stores in the background the name of the store is called urban decay <laughs> dude that is a, a a microcosm of the world yes dude the happiest place on earth yeah the brawls at disney world dude it's 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 not it's not funny the world is the, the, there are some serious problems out there okay <laughs> very serious shit going on yeah but we better what's up with russia and ukraine are they gonna they're gonna they're gonna wrap that yeah. up you russia and ukraine that's still know. dragging on apparently uh, I heard at the breakfast table this morning from uh -oh. a cub reporter, Cheryl Sachs, yeah. that the ships that are leaving the Ukraine aren't carrying as much grain as they're supposed to. And she knows this why, because apparently the satellite photos can show where the ship is sitting, how deep <sighs> in the, I mean, you know, the amount of information that crosses that kitchen table in our never miss a Sunday show. All right, pal. It's been fun. Um, I'll you know, stay cool this week. It's going to be, yeah. you know, we're in the dog days of summer. Um, and I hope to, uh, I hope to see you again next weekend. So uh, I'm so. going to Leadville for the oh, stage race. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, why don't we plan on doing the show 
Monday yeah. night because okay. uh, I yeah, won't whatever. get back to late Sunday. Perfect. And, Perfect. Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Okay. All right, All right, my friend. Good luck. Well. Tell uh, tell our riders good luck. Um, and enjoy the altitude. Yeah. Wear a hat. You know, stay cool. Yeah, yeah. Tinfoil. Yeah. All right, buddy. Enjoy. Good luck. Bye.